0: Anytime someone comes in and they do it and they don't adhere to making lifestyle changes and going through our program afterwards, of course they gain the weight back. And I tell them that in the beginning, like if you do this and you don't put in the work after, like you were saying, put that work in, it's hard work, the weight will come back. If you just go back, it's not a permanent fix. You know, Just like weight loss surgery is not a permanent fix, unfortunately. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they've built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with
1: your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, welcome back to Stories That Sell. I am your host, Scott Ramage, and today I have with me a fascinating woman, Rachel Arnold. Rachel is a former professional ballet dancer, former Miss Texas International. She's had a lot of different careers, including ballet performance, teaching, waiting tables, teaching fourth grade, uh, which... I know as a former teacher, is no small task. She's done medical marketing and now runs Royal Holistic Med Spa under the medical director and owner, Dr. Arnold Morris. Rachel is also a mother of three young children, and she just celebrated her seven-year anniversary. She is very passionate about health, youthfulness, and uh, really just helping people live a better life. Welcome to the show, Rachel. It's really nice to have you.
0: Hi, yeah. Thanks it's, uh, for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's always
1: fun. We're gonna dive into some really cool things. But before we kind of get into too much um meat, why don't you give us a little more on your your background? Because I mean we I read off professional ballet dancer, teacher, former Miss Texas International. It's quite the um quite the bio. Yeah.
0: Well thanks. Um I've always been the type of person that likes to do a million different things. Um, My friends joked in high school that I was a serial joiner because I would join all the clubs, including the science club and the chess club, student council, drill team, everything. Um, I just really love to learn as much as I can about everything. And um, I like to be around people. Um, I am kind of an introvert, too. It's that weird INJF sort of thing. If you have ever done any of those tests, you know what I'm talking about. So um, but anyway, yeah, I um, have always been kind of creative. Um, I've always loved the sciences. I'm kind of an astronomy nerd at heart. Um, always wanted to chase tornadoes and be a meteorologist. You know, so many things that I've wanted to do. But um, I had meningitis when I was a baby. So uh, if you notice that I need anything repeated, I apologize. Um, I am legally deaf, I don't sign, I didn't grow up in a deaf family. Um, I'm the only one in my family that has that issue. And um, I never really needed any assistance with hearing aids until high school when my hearing got worse and tinnitus or ringing sounds got so loud that I could no longer hear anything. So um, that presented some challenges in college. It presented challenges with ballet, hearing the music, um, having to learn how to feel the vibrations in the music. Um, as well as hearing some of it through the hearing aid, you know, adapt that way. So I've had to learn how to be very adaptive. um, And um, with ballet, that got me very interested in health and nutrition sciences, um, wanting to keep my body as healthy and as active as possible, so that I could do what I love for as long as possible. And then, um, you know, later on, knowing that I was probably going to have children (laughs) later on in life, I'm going to be 40 this year, (laughs) um, you know, I... I don't want to be an old mom, so to speak, you know, as far as feeling old, I think age is really, um, relative to health. So, um, I always want to be able to be my most vibrant self for my kids and for my family. So that's really what got me interested in the nutrition sciences. Um, and then I was always, not always, but since high school got into doing hair and makeup Um, a pageant recruiter reached out to me and was like, hey, have you ever wanted to do a pageant? And I remember seeing those girls on stage when I was little and thinking, wow, they're so pretty. I want to do that. Um, So I thought it would be really cool to be Miss Texas. I thought, you know, maybe that might help me in figuring out what I want to do with my career. And um, so I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll sign up and see how it goes. And um had to come up with a platform um, I did a lot of charity work in high school and had to step away from it in college, you know, getting busy with studies. And um, but I had to focus on a platform and I focused on child sexual abuse, which was uh, very near and dear to my heart for some personal reasons um, that I've overcome. And um, the pageant mm. will really help me overcome that because I had to talk about it. Um, and then you know, I didn't win that first year. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't grow up in pageants. So I really had to learn how to play the game. I had to learn how to do my hair and makeup. I was not the person that was always wearing makeup to school and I didn't really know how to do any of that. So, um, which is why I started wanting to do it on other people and learn how to do it, learn how to do it on myself. Um, so I competed for five years before I actually won, and the last year I won, I was only able to compete because they raised they raised the age limit by one year. Um, not for me, but they just decided to make the age limit thirty, so I was able to compete again. Um, you know, decided to hire some professionals to help me with hair, and makeup, and um, and then you know finally won. So that was really cool. And I had shifted my platform um, to helping the disabled and um, that really helped me with my hearing issue because I had come from functioning really well to my hearing completely going with the tinnitus and having to fight that battle of being embarrassed all the time and missing things and you know so making that the forefront of my platform with the uh, Texas International Pageant kind of helped me heal that wound because I had to talk about it you know. I had to, um, you know, speak for the whole disabled community and be confident in myself. So that, that really helped me there. Um, but, you know, getting into, you know, the time after the pageant, you know, I was recruited to do marketing. Um, the pageant really helped me teach myself marketing. It helped me teach myself how to web design and graphic design. Um, and I started a little business doing permanent makeup while I was doing some marketing for some doctors, and um, that's how I got into the whole spa world was through permanent makeup, and I still have this passion for the nutrition sciences. I um, got my first bachelor's degree in dance, and then I decided to go back for nursing, which I got accepted to Texas Women's University for nursing, Um, got a job at Baylor Hospital as a nurse tech, and I got to experience a little bit of the life of a nurse as a nurse tech. And, um, they called it a patient care assistant, but same thing. And, um, I realized that when I was interacting with patients, I I wanted to give them more than I was able to, um, or legally able to, um, I never overstepped my bounds, but I realized that I didn't want to just be a nurse. I didn't want to just be handing out medications and just being at the bedside. I wanted to do more. So I was like, I want to be a doctor. Um, I talked to a lot of my doctor friends that I had made through this medical marketing that I was doing. And I learned that becoming a medical doctor was not going to help me heal people the way that I wanted to. So I, um, switched from nursing. I didn't even start the nursing program, by the way, I had just gotten accepted. Um, but I figured out quickly working at Baylor that I wanted to be more holistic. So I switched to the nutrition program and dietetics I got a semester in and was unhappy with learning how to fry food and um, learning that margin was better than butter and learning that artificial sweeteners were better for you than sugar. So (laughs) I was like, I I don't agree. And um, so I dropped out of that program and um, just decided to focus on the beauty industry thing because it was going well, Um, got my esthetician license and decided to focus more on holistic aesthetics. And um, also got my um, health coaching certification from Precision Nutrition, which I love their philosophy of being very client-led to make lifestyle changes that, you know, better your health. So um, with Royalty Holistic Med Spa, which used to be Royalty by Rachel when I owned it, is now Royalty Holistic Med Spa, owned by Dr. Arnold Morris. I'm the practice manager slash esthetician slash certified nursing assistant slash, um, you know, all the things, um, you know, we have a line of supplements that's created by a doctor, uh, an MD who spent most of his 25 year, 30, 30 year career in skin health. You know, skin is our largest organ. So he not only has this skincare line, but a supplement line that helps to create change within the body to make the skin healthier. Um, you know, because skin is our largest organ is often where we see the first signs of disease. So, um, our job as these holistic estheticians that we are here, there's a team of us is not to diagnose anybody. Um, we don't diagnose, but we can point things out and say, Hey, I see this. Why don't you talk to your doctor about this? Or, um, you know, based on the doctor who created this line's recommendations, we can make some recommendations for them and then they can follow with their doctor if they want to do that. So again, we're not prescribing anything, but we do want to lead people on a path of health. And, um, because we know that that's ultimately where beauty comes from. So,
1: that's, that leads me to a really great yeah. question. Cause you've talked a lot about sure. beauty and then you're talking about, you know, kind of like the aesthetic arts, which is, you mm-hmm. know, helping people look as good as they can look. And so, I think there's this perception and I want to, I want to address this right away. There's this perception that you are a beauty pageant queen and you've been doing this and all you care about is looks because now you're in this career that's, that's forward facing. Looks like you just come there to be, you know, to, to look better. So let's address that right away because I think it's really easy to funnel somebody into a category and I don't want that happening just yet. <laughs> okay. So so I mean first of all there's a perception out there of beauty queens. You you mm-hmm. did mention that you didn't do it. It wasn't like this growing up thing. Right. Why what was the value in you doing it? Was there affirm were you seeking outward validity or, or, affirmation from other people? Did you have some things that you were trying to prove? Like, I, I really honestly want to know what was your motivation for doing that? Because a lot of people see that in and of itself as a really negative thing mm-hmm. as, um, body, body where, you know, like just so concerned about how you look and your body and mm-hmm. that relates directly to, you know, having this med spa. So let's address that right away.
0: Yes. Yeah, so that also ties into the ballet world, you know, ballet and beauty, you know, queens and all of that. So um, generally have this negative perception and rightfully so, because there is a lot of negativity in those worlds. So there were a few different motivating factors for me to do this. Um, When I was first approached to do this pageant, um, my first thought was, no, I'm too old because the cap out for a lot of pageants is like, 23, 24, um, which has changed, but then you no, know, Miss America was 24, and I was 24, I think, when I was being recruited, so to speak, and um, so I was like, no, you know, I'm too old for that now, and um, she said, actually, no, you're not, our age limit's 29, which then got bumped to 30, but um, I was like, you know, I always thought doing a pageant would be fun, so my first thought was, that'll be fun. And maybe I'll finally get to learn how to do my hair and makeup and put a dress on. Um, because I was always kind of tomboyish in high school. Um, you know, I did do drill team. The only time I ever wore makeup was for drill team for football games. And it was red lipstick and blue eyeshadow. It was, <laughs> you know, not cute.
1: It's a Texas uh, The goal thing. was to be seen
0: from the football field, you know. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, I I always wore what was comfortable. I didn't really follow trends. and um, And I've always also been one of those people that likes to do things that people don't expect me to do so um I don't think anyone really expected me to do a beauty pageant you know looking at me now I'm like oh, of course you would um because I feel like I've aged well I've taken care of myself I do know how to do my makeup now I know how to look presentable um I didn't then um all I had going for me was youth <laughs> so anyway um I thought that it would be fun and um, it'd be putting me in a different element that I wasn't used to. And, um, you know, I fully expected these girls to be mean and catty and all about their looks. And some of them were, don't get me wrong. But the other aspect of this that that pageant recruiter or the director was telling me about was that this was a platform based pageant. And that means that all the girls had to focus on a charitable aspect. We had to have this cause or this platform. And that got me excited, too. I was like, well, I'll get to get back into the community service that I did in high school when I like to join every single club and do all the things. And um, that seemed really exciting to me. And I was able to reach down and pull a cause out that meant a lot to me that I was still kind of uncomfortable with talking about, and um, that helped me in so many ways. So, you know, really doing the pageant was multifaceted, and I had a lot of fun. I made some friends, and um, when I didn't win that year, I placed, but I didn't win, um, that was when this sort of, like, competitive, stubborn nature inside of me came out, because I'm very stubborn and competitive, and I was like, I really think that I could learn how to win this pageant, And so I signed up again and then I was first runner up and that wasn't good enough. So I signed up again and then I changed my platform from a cause that I um, felt like I had healed from to the whole disabled and hearing loss um, platform. And um, I just, I kept going and I was so stubborn. I was like, I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this before I move on with my life. So some of it was just being stubborn, but it was a lot of fun. Um, I did so many, what they call appearances or charity appearances, um, going to different events and helping. And, um, I burned myself out and the year that I won it was I was a fourth grade teacher. That was very hard. <laughs> I had to learn how to work out while I was sitting in staff meetings because I didn't have time to work out I had to get very creative. So, um,
1: I, I still don't know how I pulled that off yeah that's that's a lot I, I yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I'm sure a if, lot of people didn't understand that either I do want to I want yeah I want to talk about something that people might be asking they're like legally sure. deaf you're legally deaf and typically when we think of legally deaf we think of a certain like tone in the voice and your your enunciation is incredibly clear thank you can you explain why because I think that might, sure. like, I, I, my biggest thing is people might not believe you. Cause I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, I wondered if there were other people out there like me and, um, COVID brought a girl out to the forefront. And I'm sure a lot of your viewers will know who I'm talking about. I cannot remember her name, but she, um, was legally deaf and she had, you know, we all in this community had issues with the masks cause we read lips. I read lips and, um, she had this major issue going into a major chain and they denied her service because of the mask. Like she asked if they would remove it so she could read their lips because I guess her hearing aids weren't working or she couldn't wear them that day or something. Um, her video went viral and she was so upset because she's like, I know I sound normal and people don't see my disability. It's an invisible one. And, um, she was just so hurt and the company like reached out to her and made things right for her and all of that was a good ending to the story. But, you know, I identified with her because I'm the same way. I've only had one person in my life tell me that I sounded slightly deaf. And, um, you know, because I guess her dad was deaf and she knew what that sounded like. And, you know, for the most part, people don't pick up on that at all. And they say that I speak very well. And, um, And I really think that's because, um, you know, when I had meningitis as a baby, it knocked out one ear completely. Like I can hear some faint sounds, you know, if I get really close, but I cannot make out speech on my left side. I've never been able to do that. And, but I did have one good ear that did have some damage, but it was still good enough for me to function and good enough for my parents not to notice. My mom didn't notice, um, that I had issues until I got into school And I started missing some things. I failed the hearing test at school. And then we were like, oh, maybe there's an issue. we tried the hearing aids. I hated them. And um, I I learned to read lips at a very young age. So as long as I was sitting at the front of the classroom and I could see the teacher's face, I was fine. And, um, you know, and I could, I got good at taking notes and just watching, you know, and blindly taking notes and whatever I had to do, I figured it out, Um, figured out how to follow music and, um, you know. When I got into dance, doing solo performances was harder for me. So I really liked the team performances better because I could see the others and keep up with the music. And um, even then, um, there was an issue with the competition where I couldn't hear it anyway. But um, for the most part, I've been able to adapt really well. And um, I think that because my mom was so clear in her speech and she she would enunciate her words so well for me, You know, that's why I learned how to speak very well. Um, But yeah, then in in high school, my senior year, ringing got really loud and I had to learn new ways to adapt again. So, but yeah,
1: I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I think, I think uh, you brought up an amazing point, you know, with the viral video of the girl that sounded like she wasn't deaf. So people have this perception, right? So there's, Mm -hmm. there's this, we have this preconceived idea, we being the majority that can hear of how deaf people are supposed to act, look or talk. I think this brings a, a whole, this whole circle, but you, I want to go back. So thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that helps a ton. And um, I, I, like I said, when I first started talking to you, I'm like, she's legally deaf. Really? <laughs> and yeah. You, I know you were
0: like, how are we going to do this? I'm like, well, it Bluetooths right into my ear. I have this amazing, high, powerful, you know, hearing aid that does Bluetooth sound into my ear from my phone. So that's the only way I can take phone calls anymore.
1: I have a really interesting question. It's totally off topic, but I I do have to ask because my my wife um, was a pediatric physical therapist for many years and, and worked with kids with disabilities, helped align things for schools and also had some friends who uh, both their twin daughters were born deaf. And, um, they, she said that many, many health insurance companies do not cover hearing aids. Is that? No, that's true. And they're not I've cheap. only
0: had, <laughs> yeah, they're not cheap. I mean, if you get the top of the line ones like, like I have right now, they're definitely not cheap. Um, Like $3,000 and up. Yeah. And if you need two of them, luckily I only need one because my other ear doesn't work at all. I cannot aid it. It doesn't work. There's no speech comprehension. Um you know, luckily, I only need one. However, you know, I um, I wear it even as I sleep so I can hear my kids if they need me. Mm-hmm. So I do need a second one as a backup in case something happens, which does happen. And I always need that backup sometimes. But yeah, they're very expensive. Um, I've only had one year of my life where um, hearing aids were covered. And um, I was able to experience my very first high powered Bluetooth hearing aid because I've won Miss Texas that was another benefit to that that I never saw coming. You know, I started working for um, an ENT and some audiologists doing their marketing. And I went to a convention that was for hearing and hearing impaired and hearing loss devices and everything hearing related. And um, one of the major manufacturers um, saw that I was there. And um, I was there giving a speech about hearing loss, Asthma, Texas. And um, they were like, oh, you know, we want to sponsor her and get pictures and promote her brand you know, um, how that goes. So they decided to sponsor me for my first Bluetooth hearing aid that was um, fit directly to my specific type of hearing loss. And that was just incredible. I I think I cried when they told me that. There was a video of it somewhere. but, But, Yeah. I think insurance doesn't normally cover it, right? I got lucky.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, I think it's a great thing for people to understand is that it's really a very expensive, like most medical you know, things are really expensive to, to work with, but you're not even getting the health of insurance. And yeah,
0: and what's really sad about that is the people who gradually lose, lose their hearing over time, like the elderly, there is such a huge mental health component to this. And, and also for dementia, there are all these studies done on people who start losing their hearing and they don't stimulate that part of their brain long, long term, it can lead to early onset dementia and cognitive decline. And, um, you know, that was beat into my head by the audiologist and the ENT that I worked for. So, um, yeah, that's, what's so sad about it is insurance companies really should do more in that arena, um, because, as we know, there is a huge, huge mental health crisis right now. And that's one small aspect of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of mental health crisis, I want to kind of dive into uh, a new topic. This stuff is all, I literally could talk the whole hour about that. I think there's a lot to it. Um, you, You are in an industry that people will, like a lot of people think is just vanity based. It's like, you just want, you're helping people look better. You mentioned precision nutrition, which, um, coming from the fitness industry, I had years in the fitness industry work with fitness coaches and nutrition coaches all over the world. Precision Nut- nutrition is an incredibly amazing program. Absolutely amazing. And, and gives coaches the tools to really help people through disordered eating or eating disorders. I don't know if it really gets into eating disorders, but disordered eating for sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, It's, it's interesting to me that you are running and kind of, or working at an aesthetics place and you have this health and nutrition where you're really trying to pull people away from maybe this body dysmorphia or this perception that they have to look perfect. And then you have, (laughs) you have this beauty pageant background, ballerina background and people like, okay, yeah, this beautiful woman with all of this, like proven through all these, these things, these pageants and ballerina and, uh, is now like focused on looks. Yeah. Go figure. Um, yeah. I, there's not really a question totally there, see that. but let me, let yeah. me challenge you with that.
0: <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, yes, I totally see that perspective completely. 100% see that. Um, and for me, I think when I was younger, it was, uh, there was some vanity to it because I recognized that I was going to start aging at some point point. So, I started learning about skincare and what I could do to make my skin last as long as possible. Um, but there was the health aspect of it because of being the athletic ballet dancer that I was. Like, there's such high athleticism there for those that don't understand that. Um, I think most people do at this point. Um, like, you have to keep your body in tip top shape in order to do that profession. You just have to, or you're going to fall apart and break things. Um, you know, there is a lot of disordered eating in that world. And luckily, I was in a company that um, that didn't have those issues. So I totally see that aspect, completely understand that most people view the pageant world and the spa world and ballet world as there being this huge vanity aspect to it. You know, it's all about beauty and being young forever and all of that. So totally get that. Um, for me, ballet was something that I was super passionate about as far as how it made me feel spiritually, physically being in great shape, um, and adding to health and longevity for me. Um, you know, a lot of people have issues with finding exercise that they love to do. So that was my outlet, um, to keep me fit and, um. And then, of course, did that in college. I didn't know what else I wanted to do at at that point. But um, as far as the beauty aspect within the pageant world, yes, there is a lot of vanity. Um, However, what people don't realize is the amount of work that goes into it for those of us who take it seriously. So, um, you know, I got into it thinking it was just going to be fun. And um, I loved the community service aspect of it. But then it took this turn where I was learning how to use it to further my career, Um, learning marketing skills. You know, you have to learn how to market yourself. Um, I had to go to all of these events, learn how to speak on the spot, um, which still makes me nervous. I think it makes everyone nervous. You know, go on a stage, ask you a random question, it's gonna make you nervous. I wanted to throw up the first time I had to do that. Um, But I learned amazing interview skills that helped me land my fourth grade teaching job. Um, you know, so there are so many skills that come out of it if you approach it in the right way, and then there are some very negative things that can come out of it if you approach it the wrong way. Um luckily, the system I was in um did not have a weight requirement. They weren't telling you you need to lose weight. You need to do this. You need to It was very laid back and it was very um you, know, you make it what you want. So I felt like I used it in a good way to better myself, better my career, and um, had some fun, too. You know, now I get to yeah. say that I was in Texas, and that's really cool. Um, but, you know, getting into spa, um, getting into the beauty industry was more out of a necessity to do something with what I had done before. And um, I loved makeup. My sister gave me the idea of doing permanent makeup. So I looked into that, got certified, started doing that, um, realized that I loved skin, got into skincare um, in a very unconventional way. I won't get into all that, but got my esthetician license and, um, and then wanted to bring my love for health into beauty. And, um, you know, in California, there is a big thing with holistic med spas that don't really exist here in Texas. And, um, so I didn't know that when I started the holistic spa thing, but I learned that recently. And, um, I think this is a really great opportunity to get the spa space, focusing more on health than just beauty and vanity. So we attract a lot of people to our med spa who they don't necessarily want to look 20 again. They want to age gracefully. And since we don't do injectables, um, you know, we're considering doing something called Xeomen, which is a pure version of the Botox. But um, for the most part, I haven't wanted to introduce fillers or injectables. Um, You know, the people that come to us have generally tried all of that. They've tried facelifts, they've tried surgeries, um, or they want to have nothing to do with those. And they want to find natural solutions that are going to help them, again, age gracefully or soften some of their aging. Reverse some of it as much as possible. Um, so, the the other goal with getting health more into this phosphase is, again, our skin is our largest organ. The dermatologists know that. Dermatology is a science. It is considered a health science. And we I think, in my opinion, that the health industry needs to be looking more at our skin because it is our largest organ, because it is one of the first signs that shows when we have something going on inside of our body. Um, and it's, when it's purging things and our skin tells us a lot about our health and it really should be regarded as more of a health issue than just a beauty issue. So, I hope I answered Ooh, some of
1: that. <laughs> that's really interesting you bring that up. My wife and I have some friends and we um and this is kind of anecdotal, but we have some friends and their kids have horrible horrible skin. The skin is not healthy and it's it's really bad. We also know that their diet and their nutrition is atrocious because mm-hmm. we spent used to spend time with them and saw what they eat and how they ate. And that is so incredibly true is this is it's almost like an indicator of really what's going on on the inside. And it's funny, my son, who's 18, he said to my wife the other day, he goes, it's really interesting watching you guys. It's almost like the older you get, the younger you look. And, and I was like, well, that's really interesting. And I'll be 50 this year. And he said, um, but my wife's like, we have, as we've grown older, we pay more and more attention to our nutrition and the quality of products that we're using, and you know, making sure that we're filling all our nutritional gaps, getting the right amount of liquids, all of those things, and so it's just really like it works. It, it, it the skin is literally an indicator or can be an indicator of how everything in your body is going,
0: and yeah. so and I think
1: I think that's a yeah. big big deal. Good point,
0: absolutely. And what's so interesting about that is. For a long time, dermatologists would say, oh, your diet has nothing to do with your acne. It's not related. Here's some medication for it. And while the medication helped temporarily, it didn't really help completely get rid of it. And now they're finally starting to come on board, and they're finally starting to reach across and listen to the health professionals or the health coach and nutrition professionals, you know, that have been saying all along, it's diet related. And they're finally starting to listen, and some of them are finally starting to jump on board with that, which is great. Um, but still have a long way to go with it.
1: Well, this is a good, a good segue, I think, because, you know, we kind of pharma is one thing that I really have a problem with, with the medical community. And I'll I'll be honest about this. I feel this way very strongly is medicine is turned into what, what pharmaceutical can I give you for a quick fix? How can I get you directly to, um, you know, feeling better, but it's not. It's it's literally a band aid. Typically, all these things are are very expensive band aids under a very large money generating machine, like massive money generating machine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my little bit of a conspiracy theorist. Yes, on that, you say you're a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, and I think that's good. I think that means we have critical thinking. We're really like looking at the trying to figure out the bigger picture. Is, that's the way yeah. I love I love, I it, love hearing what
0: people have to say about various conspiracy theories. You know mm-hmm. because. It's generally those that shoot off new, crazy, quote unquote, ideas that are what innovate our world. Like you look at, here's my astronomy nerd coming out, Copernicus, who said the sun does not go around the earth. It's the other way around. And he was so ridiculed for that. You know, and here we are.
1: Right, You know, right. We're yeah.
0: in this globe model now. Everyone says everything goes around the sun, you know, within our solar system. But anyway, you know. I love hearing what people have to say with regards to crazy ideas, whether I agree or disagree. And like you said, it really helps sharpen your critical thinking skills.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's step into this because there is a reason that I got you on this podcast. And so (laughs) um, you have a treatment that you have um, tried out yourself that has caused a ton of stir. And I want the listeners to know that I went and kind of looked into it. And I have a lot of questions as well, a lot of questions. And so I'm going to ask you some questions first. We got to kind of lay the foundation of what's going on, but you, um, you say you're, you're a health nutrition coach. So you help people, I'm guessing lose weight, get healthier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you work with them aesthetically as well. Mm-hmm. And you post, you started posting your journey with a new product that you are offering. Is, this is my understanding. And it's gotten you pretty much kind of like viral responses with like the TikTok stitching where they take your video and they basically pull a little bit out of it out of context and, and and they like do their thing with it, which is incredibly dangerous. And I'll tell you what, when I watched them, I was like, none of these people have a good point, but I see where the, the emotion's coming up. And so you've started using this prob- product called... Um I almost hate using the name. Let me start there. Mm-hmm. Uh Dream Body System. And I and I'm gonna be honest. I the the name Dream Body System really makes it sound like all you care about is the way you look for for starters. Mm-hmm. And so why don't you go ahead and tell us what this dream body system is before we kind of go into why it's got so much backlash and craziness around it.
0: Yeah, sure. So the Dream Body system is its own company. Um, they're the ones that have branded it, deciding to call it dream Body um, and I would have to agree that the name doesn't really do it justice at all. Um, it does make it sound more like a vanity aesthetic thing and um and I kind of to admit, I kind of approached it in that way um because. I knew that it would get some views, and I wanted this message to get out to the masses and the people that really needed this. So whether that was the right approach or not, I had a lot of marketing professionals say, you need to get on TikTok and document this. So um, I, I never introduced something into the spa. Um, well, I don't make all of the decisions. But I help make a lot of those decisions because our medical director is so busy. So I do a lot of research on new procedures that we can bring in. So I did tons of research on this. And, um, and I don't aid in bringing any services into this spa without first trying them myself. And if I didn't need it at all, I wouldn't have done it. Um, you know, a lot of women know after having babies, you gain a lot of weight. And, um, I had gotten into, barely gotten into that obese category and I did dream body, um, for 10 days. I'll explain how it works. I lost 18 pounds and that put me into the overweight category and I'm, I'm tall. I carry my weight very well I'm lucky in that. Um, but I did have issues with my blood work, my cholesterol being elevated and, um, you know, I documented that first experience on my personal Facebook, had mostly positive feedback. Um, a couple of people didn't understand it, reached out to me, and and I told them more about it. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then I decided to do it again a few months later, um, so that I could document it on a different platform, TikTok. And um, basically, what dream body is, is It is a system of rapid weight loss that is safe. There are studies, I can give you the studies, that show that it is safe and effective. It was created by doctors. It is monitored by doctors. Um, So it's not a bunch of estheticians putting tubes in people's noses and, you know, doing crazy things. Um, And it is not strictly for vanity. So there is an approval process that everyone has to go through you have to be approved by your physician to do it. You have to get extensive blood work in order to do it. Um, Not only does your physician have to sign off on it, our medical director has to be okay with you doing it. And it is not for people that just need to lose 10 pounds or 20 pounds. I mean, if your doctor says do it, you know, fine, you could, but it's really meant for the overweight and the obese. And, What got my attention the most about it was this safe way for these people to lose a large amount of weight quickly and give them that hope that they've lost, a lot of them have lost, um, that their body can lose that weight despite all of these things that they've tried and failed and they don't need to turn to weight loss surgery that is so damaging to their bodies. um, in so many ways, so many studies on that too. But um, you know, it's it's not just to get weight off and be skinny. Um, yeah, I'd love to be skinny ballerina again, but that's not my goal. My goal is health, and I think for a lot of these people, their goal is health as well. Because um, part of our questionnaire is, you know, how much weight do you want to lose? What was your goal, or what was your weight in high school and what's your goal weight? No one ever tells me that their goal weight is their high school weight ever. They always have this um, realistic expectation of where they need to be in order to be healthy. So this is really about health. It's really about avoiding weight loss surgery, which, according to lots of studies, um, leads to bone density loss. It leads to issues with your gut microbiome um, it leads to issues with you not being able to absorb your nutrients properly, which also is what leads to the bone density loss and, um, increased risk for fractures and spine issues and all of that. Um, and I feel like a lot of healthcare professionals have not been super honest with these people about these long-term side effects. And, um, I'm trying to disrupt that industry and give these people more options for their health, so that they don't have to do something super risky like liposuction or weight loss surgery in order to be healthy. Because honestly, those really aren't the answers. And um, you know, back to what the Dream Body System is, is um, we are getting people into a state of ketosis very quickly, which usually it takes people about a week to get into ketosis, doing it the traditional way. But we get people into that state of ketosis very quickly, um, within a couple of days and you're losing one to two pounds of fat per day. Some of it is water. Yes. But the studies have shown that it's mostly fat that is being lost. And, um, it, depending on how much weight someone needs to lose, they could do one cycle. Um, most people need um, need multiple cycles to lose the weight that they need to lose. Um, it was created by, uh, well, I'll, I'll go back to that in a second, but the way that we get people into the state of ketosis is the most controversial aspect of it. And um, what we do is the nurse, after you've qualified and gone through you know, getting approvals and the blood work and all of that. Um, The nurse meets with you. It's about a three-hour appointment, um, and she inserts a very tiny feeding tube. It is a pediatric size, so it's about the size of a piece of spaghetti, um, and it goes into the nose, and you swallow it down into your stomach. You are fully awake. Um, And then she checks for accurate placement. Um, There's a measurement that's done, um, and then the tube is marked, and then it's inserted, and then um, uh, stomach fluid is extracted to check for pH to make sure it is stomach fluid, and then she listens for air bubbles in your stomach to make sure it's in the right place, um, and then you are monitored for another hour to two hours while she explains how to mix the formula, take care of your, um, the backpack that you wear, with your formulas in it, how to change the formula out, change the tubing out if you need to, how to work the pump, um, how to make sure the settings are correct, and um, um, like going through all of those logistics with you. So um, in that regard, it is safe, and our nurse has been um, evaluated and um, monitored for the proper technique to place the tubes. So he has approved her on that. And um, so all of it is safe. You're awake. You don't have to have an x-ray to know that it's in the right spot. If it went down the wrong way, somebody would cough. I've never seen that happen. I've seen my nurse do a lot of these. She's done them on me. Um, it's a very easy process to get that tube in. So what? that's basically how it works.
1: Okay. So there I have a few, que- few questions and then a few comments. Sure. What- why would people think this isn't safe? I mean, feeding tubes, we'll get to the whole feeding tube thing is, which I think p- puts people in a lot of like, what the hell are you doing? But yeah. <laughs> I, one, one feeding tubes are not dangerous. It's not a dangerous thing. Uh, the way that you're, you're talking about as far as I can imagine.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess it would be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing and you're oh, of having an esthetician yeah. do it, <laughs> Right. <Yeah. laughs> you know, which is not happening. Um, but yeah, it's like it, like this system was created by Dr. Di Pietro, and he brought it over from Italy where it was done on thousands and thousands of people. Um, there is a stu- there was a study done in Italy and um, Dr. D, we call him Dr. D. He took all of that information and perfected the system and renamed it to DreamBody. So the study that is out there, um, that was done in Italy, was done on a system that doesn't really exist here. So there were a lot of not great things that happened. People were on the system too long, which if you're on it too long, um, they're showing that more than 10 days, it's just it's not helpful anymore, and you can start cutting into losing muscle mass after, like, day 15 or 20. I can't remember. But, um, but he took all of that information in that study Um, or series of studies and um, brought it over here and perfected the system and did some of his own studies and showed that it was not only safe, but it was very effective. And people were dropping a lot of weight quickly in a healthy way. And um, they didn't have to wait a year to lose 80 pounds. They were able to do it in a few months. And then um, he did this in his practice for many years, I think it was 24 years, and he did thousands of patients. Um, he was featured on Doctors and Dr. Oz and Good Morning America and CNN and you know, all these big shows. Um, and they all thought it was amazing that it was a great alternative to weight loss surgery, which, by the way, you know when those surgeries came out and liposuction came out, everybody thought it was crazy. Everyone thought it was yeah. so dangerous and crazy. And it kind of still is, but it's been normalized. And it's not you know, you're not having to feel shamed for going to do one of those things anymore because it's so normal now. And I really think that this is going to be the next thing that seems a little crazy that ends up working better and becoming normalized. Um, you know, people just have to get over seeing the tube, which, um, you know, you get over that pretty quickly. You adjust to it pretty quickly. And then we have our medical staff following up with, people every single day to make sure they are okay checking up on them adjusting feeding if it needs to be adjusted there's a lot that goes into it but um, like I can see on on face value or face of it how it might look crazy for a beauty queen to have a tube in her nose trying to lose weight you know when they're not seeing the aftermath of me losing 35 pounds from it and keeping the weight off Um, and yeah and then there's this whole uh, nutrition accountability program that happens immediately after people get off of the system or, um, also in between their cycles where, you know, they really get to figure out how to make lifestyle changes to keep that weight off. And, um, you know, the tube is not meant to be a long-term solution. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a short-term solution that gives people hope
1: basically. Yeah. So- um, why are people so against this? Like, for me, the, the biggest problem I have with it, and I don't even know if it's a problem anymore, but was uh, someone asked me, I think about a year ago, they're like, what do you think about me getting liposuction? And here was my, my response. which is the same response as someone saying, what, what, if, what do you think about me doing the you know, um, dream body system? I would say, if you don't develop the habit, it's not going to last. And all good things come with work hard work. So I feel like it's, it's a shortcut, especially if you're losing that much weight. And let me give you a little context. I did, um, was very successful in MLM with my wife and I didn't understand nutrition or, or anything, but what it did, we had this cleanse phase and people would get addicted to this cleanse phase because they would be drinking lots of water, eating clean foods and, you know, using fiber and cutting out like all these sugars and artificial foods and, you know, store stuff, store bought foods and increasing their fiber, like all these things we, yeah, you're going to get results. Well, they would have rapid weight loss and then they would go into what was the next section, which section, which was just good nutrition, but they didn't develop any habits. They did this 10 day thing. It was 10 days. And then they would lose, you know, five, 10, whatever, pounds it was and then they would get into this other thing and like just one little more thing here more thing and then before they knew it they're right back to their regular weight and then they would do the cleanse again and then they i saw this happen over and over again they were on this cleanse like cycle because they had no clue how to take care of themselves nutritionally and even Mm -hmm. though those those tools were being given to them like, here's kind of the way you should eat. Here are the things you need to think about. Here's the patterns you need to change or the habits. So let's think about why you're eating what you're eating, you know, emotional, all the other things involved. It, it just, people became addicted to the weight loss and it became like a massive yo-yo, which, and which is not healthy. And I see no, the same thing happening not. here. Like. rapid weight loss, doing this, shoving this tube down your throat. I'm going to make it sound as horrible as it's not. (laughs) Shoving a tube down your throat, wearing a backpack with getting supplements, which I know is like MCT oil, which is really good for you. And Mm -hmm. before I get to that, I want to say like, I am a, I am a student. Like I use my body like a scientific experiment. I change one variable at a time. And I had trouble with weight. I had trouble with muscle gain, and I had trouble with, um, I had a lot of different problems, and I started to take data and change variables. Over the last, like, five years, using glucose monitor systems, metabolism measures, like, sleep data, I mean, just nerding out, I literally function at my absolute peak when I'm eating fats and meats, protein. Like, As soon as I introduce something else, my body goes in the wrong direction. It is incredible. My blood sugar levels, I'm not diabetic, but my blood sugar levels skyrocket with almost any food unless it's heavy in fat. It's crazy to me. When I am really strict on my fat protein diet, I lose weight. It's just, and I come down to like where my baseline, healthy baseline is. And so the whole keto thing, people need to get over it, like just get over it. Like, you have to find what works for you. Is keto right for everybody? No, but is it right to get your body into a certain stage? Maybe, but it's all about sustainability. So I kind of wanted to put that out there. Like, one, if you're anti-keto, you're stupid. Like, you just don't know because maybe your body's not that way. Go listen to Huberman Lab. Go do some things. Go listen to the people who really know and really understand Mm -hmm. nutrition at such a higher level than you before you start making assumptions, because maybe you tried keto for two weeks and it didn't work. Well, boo hoo, you didn't work, not <laughs> keto, right? So right. I want to get rid of that. So that's that's over. If you guys disagree with me, good for you. You don't have to listen anymore. Now, the, <laughs> the other thing, so the quick fix yo-yo thing that can happen, that's where I'm a little concerned on this, because you talk about how much fat you lose, which is insane. I mean, that's a lot. Right. Um, so dress that for me.
0: Yeah. Like, and that's so amazing that you've been able to do that with your body and basically biohack your body. Um, like more people need to do that. And um, I I try to coach people with eliminating things and figuring out what works for them. Keto works for some people, it doesn't work for others. A lot of people don't do keto in a healthy way. And um, there's that aspect of it. So I totally agree with you that this is a quick, like short term quick fix or however you phrase that. Um, It is not meant to be long term. It is meant to give people hope. And I keep going back to that because I used to have this perception about overweight people until I got there um, that, oh, they're just lazy. Oh, they just need to eat better. Oh, they just need to do this. Oh, they just, you know. And until I started actually talking to these people and understanding them, it changed my world. And, um, you know, I haven't been in a place where I felt like everything I did didn't work and I can't lose weight. And you know, like dream body wasn't something that I felt like I absolutely needed for myself. But again, I wanted to try it so I could explain how it feels and how it works to the people that I'm talking to. Um, you know, cause I have to try it before I recommend it. So anyway, a lot of what I get from these people, they were coming in for body contouring and, and they're not a candidate for that because they're so far away from their goal weight and body contouring is meant for people who are closer to their goal weight. Um, and, and I didn't have any other options for them, but I would listen to them and I would, you know, ask them questions. What have you tried? What has worked? What hasn't? And I, I started hearing the discouragement that they would get from their own doctors and that made me really sad because I felt like, or I thought that we had come a lot further than that. So, you know, I had people say, you know, they go to their doctor and their doctor would say, um, yeah, just keep losing weight, you know, and try to encourage them. But they were focusing on the weight, like the physical aspect of the weight loss, instead of getting into the health aspects of it and how it's going to benefit them. And You know, doctors are so rushed nowadays. They have to see so many patients. They don't have time to really get into all of that, which is why we need health coaches so desperately. But um, as I started listening to these people, I started to understand that there's this whole mental health aspect to it, going back to the mental health. And, um, you know, no, I'm not a psychologist, but, you know, there are issues that people have with food that can be addressed just by talking it out. And as a health coach you can help them talk those things out. And once they hear it, it starts to make more sense to them. Um, And they start to sort of do this self-guided transition to making better choices for themselves through the health coaching, which is really, really cool. Um, The dream body system just gives them that hope again, that their body can lose the weight when they really feel like their body can't do it because they've tried everything. They've tried pills, they've tried diets, they've tried everything, Um, but they haven't, really a lot of times haven't given enough time to one thing. And when they finally start to realize that it starts to make more sense to them. Um, but again, the whole thing is to avoid the weight loss surgery. It's just, it's so detrimental. Um, and that's my whole goal with this.
1: I understand that, but do you think that telling people that there's a quick fix is the right answer?
0: No, I don't. Um, and that's why I always offer the nutrition coaching and accountability program first. I always offer that first. Um, and I fully expected for that to be more adopted than it was. Um, I got more pushback from these people because they said they've tried stuff like that before. So, um, when they heard about the dream body system, they're like that, I want to try that. Um, and anytime someone comes in and they do it and they don't adhere to making lifestyle changes and going through our program afterwards, of course, they gain the weight back. And I tell them that in the beginning, like, if you do this and you don't put in the work after, like you were saying, put that work in, it's hard work. The weight will come back. If you just go back, it's not a permanent fix. You know, just like weight loss surgery is not a permanent fix, unfortunately. It's not. And it causes more health issues. People have to have revisions and those cause more health complications. And, and you know, um, with Drain Body, you know, with the, the protein mix and the vitamins and minerals you're getting and with MCT oil, it's a roughly 800 calories a day, which is not a lot. No,
1: that's low. lot. Um,
0: no, it's not. However, it's better than so many of these alternatives. Um, it's better than doing keto on your own because you deal with hunger that way. When you're just eating some meals throughout the day, you are getting hungry and you're having to learn portion control and all of that. Um, With Dream Body, you're getting a drip of nutrition 24-7. It curbs your hunger. So that difference really is hunger with this. And you are able to focus on other things other than food or start getting into the psychology of the food issues. You know, it's a whole other thing. But, um, you know, people are like, oh, my gosh, 800 calories a day it's 10 days. You're getting more nutrients than doing a water fast. You are, um, you're getting more nutrients than you're recommended to get after weight loss surgery, which they tell people to eat 300 to 500 calories a day for three months following weight loss surgery. And sometimes it goes beyond that. You can't even get enough nutrients with three to 500 calories a day. Um, you can get your bare minimum with 800, um, you know that does depend on the person which is why the formula does get adjusted depending on the person and um this is also a formula that is made specifically by the dream body system company so it's not like a child's feeding formula or some um you know medical feeding formula that they use in the hospitals it's completely different it is made specifically for this and um and yeah I and mean, then you're not getting your stomach cut open. You're not getting a tube jammed in your stomach to suck out fat. And it's relatively non-invasive compared to those things. It is still minimally invasive. Yes, but it's much safer.
1: So the advantage you're saying is the nutrition you're getting. Um, Don't you think this is going to cause disordered eating? Like, I, I know a lot of people that fast and they fast for, pretty tremendous times, but then they go into eating like high protein, you know, kind of ketogenic diet. And then they, mm-hmm. they cycle and they're incredibly healthy. Uh, I also want to add that I eat that way and my labs. I do, I do the like highest level labs you can get that cost exorbitant amounts of money. And, um, my doctor says I'm a not ideal. I am, uh, over ideal. Like Optimize is what he says about me. So like another thing I want to dispel. But I, I, just, I just wonder if this really is the best option.
0: So I don't know if it is the absolute best option, but it is better than all of the other options that I have found in the research that I've done um, for many different reasons. And it's not for the people that just need to lose 10 pounds again. You know, um, and as far as disordered eating goes... Um, part of the evaluation that someone has to go through is a mental health and um, mental health check and a check for eating disorders, a history of a current issue with, you know, all of it has to be ruled out before someone can actually do this system. Um, And then also what we have found when people are going through it is that it resets your body. So these cravings that you've had, you don't have anymore. Everybody's different. But generally, people experience lower inflammation in their body. They can move around better. Like the uh, pain I used to have in my feet when I would just wake up in the morning is gone. Um, so people have that experience. Their blood work gets better. My cholesterol came down. Um, and then it is like it feels like you're stepping into a new body. And most people that I have personally experienced go through this that gives them this motivation to hang on to that. They feel better. They don't want to let that go. And yes, you can get to that over time with traditional diet and exercise. You can lose one or two pounds of weight per week. Um, the studies are, yeah, I guess the studies do show that most people give up on a new diet plan within like the first week or two. I can't remember the exact number. Um, most people don't stick with those diets. And, um, and what we aim to do is, again, give people that hope that their body can lose the weight, get them feeling better, get them motivated to keep it off, and then take them through the program that will help them make the healthy lifestyle changes, not promote disordered eating at all, because that's not sustainable whatsoever. And um, you know, get people into this healthy mindset. You know, again, we, we attract people that want to be healthy, and um, that but people that have lost hope for whatever reason. And so this is an aim to give them that hope back and get them to a healthy pattern of living again.
1: Okay. So the way I see it is the way I kind of saw when I was doing, uh, you know, nutrition products is whether it worked or not, like long-term almost didn't matter for a bunch of people because really what we were doing was getting them to a place where they felt like they were having a little bit of success. Like they got a win Mm -hmm. and then It's almost like you have this massive boulder that you need to get to the bottom of the hill, but until you can get it to actually move a little bit, it's not going to gain momentum and go. Mm -hmm. And so what you're telling me to sum this up is that this gives people a hope to kind of start the ball rolling, if you will, to use a very overused um, term. But um, uh, watching like the response videos on TikTok, which literally made me want to vomit. I mean, I understand people objecting to things, but this is just hate. It was just utter hate. It's people, what I call a ca- bunch of Karens. Um, yeah. And they were, I mean, one one gal lifted up her shirt. She's like, I have to have a feeding tube. And then other people are like, well, there's a shortage of feeding tubes, which I went and did a lot of research. There's no shortage of feeding tubes. There's nothing I can find for um, pediatric feeding tube shortage. It's a plastic tube. It's pretty yeah. simple to create.
0: And Covidian, the manufacturer of those mm-hmm. tubes for the Dream Body system, has confirmed that there's no shortage.
1: Yeah, so there's actually some lies going out there. Another approach was anti keto. You know, the other the other thing was that you're creating this is like a dystopian like approach, very weird. I didn't really find any valid arguments is what I'm saying. I tried to come at it from a very objective perspective, you know, especially from someone like me that one of my family, our family values is do, do, do the hard things like just Mm -hmm. into the storm, go, go do it. Don't try to get shortcuts. And that was my first objection. Like this is a shortcut. I don't think this is good at all. It looks weird. And yeah, like one of my buddies has a baby who's, on a feeding tube and will never not be on a feeding tube. And I'm like, how is he going to perceive this? So let's address that one first. People who are medically have to have feeding tubes. Absolutely. I have an answer, but I'd like to hear yours.
0: Yeah. So um, we see a lot of medical supplies being used in many different ways. So if you want to talk about vanity, what about the plastic surgery world where, you know, they use a lot of medical supplies and plastic surgery and liposuction and, um, you know, that people who are in life, um, you know, these situations where they could lose their lives, they need this medical supplies, you know, should these people not be doing their plastic surgeries that might actually boost their mental health? Of course, it's overdone. There are people that are addicted to plastic surgery and that's a whole other issue, but, um, You know, this was never, ever meant to offend people who need feeding tubes for survival. Um, Like, thank goodness that they exist so that people can live through these life-threatening issues that they have. Um, You know, and I saw a lot of these comments coming in. And I tried to take an objective approach as well and absorb some of this feedback and do even more research just to make sure that I wasn't missing something. So I contacted Dreambody who um, contacted COVIDian manufacturer and they said that there are some pieces of the feeding tubes that are being discontinued. So if people are seeing the SKUs um, like out of stock, it's because they're being replaced with new things. And we always have a certain supply of these in case there was some sort of emergency. And whenever it goes below a certain threshold, it gets replenished. And um, I think we may have, like, three at the most um, in stock. So as far as hoarding supplies, you know, that's not a thing. And um, in order to get the supplies, it is prescriptive. Like, there has to be a doctor around for you to get the medical supplies. So um, like, it has to be ordered by doctor. So you can't just like go on Amazon and get this stuff. Um, and then the, I think the other thing I saw that was in shortage at one point was the pediatric feeding formulas, um, which we don't use at all. So if that's what people were talking about, we don't even use that stuff. Um, and then I thought, you know, well, if the dream body Mm -hmm. system gets more and more popular, we're not the only ones that offer it by the way. Um, But if it starts to gain traction, you know, that would put more of a demand for these tubes and therefore more supply and more production, you know, so I, I would think that would be a positive thing if there are so many people that need them. Um, so I, you know, I try to look at the positive and everything and I, I don't want to contribute negatively ever at all. So, you know, if I need to be corrected on something, I'm very open to that. Um, but, and then I, also, with the keto issue, um, you know, you're very for keto. It works well for you. Um, keto is usually not the best thing for women long-term. Short-term, awesome. Long-term, not awesome for most women. It messes with our hormones. It can really mess up your system. So, like, I'm, we're very aware of that. I'm very aware of that. So we encourage our women especially to break keto once you get off, once you get back on, you know, there's a process getting back on solid food. Um, and then you want to break your keto and then, you know, if you need to do it again, we, there's a process for that. But, um, yeah, there's been a lot of, a lot of misinformation out there that is, uh, not true. So I'm hoping I can clear some of that up.
1: The truth is, is you're just, you're taking a new approach and people are weird when it comes to new things and it's not Mm -hmm. normal and people just love to hate. I mean, it's hurt people, hurt people. And there's a lot of hurt people out there looking for the next thing to target. And I mean, I wish
0: nothing, nothing but the best for those people. I've actually like done some meditation over a lot of these comments and like sent loving energy out there and which sounds hokey and weird, but you know, I, I am to change the world in a positive way. And the fact that this got so much negative attention, just, it just sort of, Killed me a little bit because that was not the intention at all. The intention yeah. is to help people and give them hope.
1: At right now, 2023, 100.1 million people are obese. That's for almost 42. Well, it's almost 42 percent. It's an epidemic. It is an epidemic. Doctor D s-
0: talks about it's a disease that must be addressed. That's it he is. And,
1: about. Uh, COVID. We, we all know now, if you pay attention to real science, that COVID, one of the main things was being overweight or diabetic or having some other thing that is typically nutrition-based. If you go back and you really look at it, this is all nutrition-based stuff. $147 billion industry fixing obesity. And then um, we all know that diabetes is very damaging and incredibly Incredibly expensive and really hurts our healthcare system because it's so expensive.
0: And increases your risk for cardiovascular issues, like heart yeah. attacks,
1: strokes, and all of that. Yeah, yeah. and there, are, there are people
0: reversing those issues with this system. <laughs> with like it's just a fact.
1: Yeah, people with are with nutrition, with losing weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's insane, and if we're really wanting to help. The, the answer is getting people healthy. And yeah. so my understanding, even if I do not understand it fully and I think there might be better paths or different paths, my understanding is your goal is to help people lose weight and be healthy and learn a new normal of feeling good and getting some hope. Exactly. Yeah. Um, are there better options for overweight, like obese people? Than, than I think this. so, um,
0: mm-hmm. but again, when I have talked with so many of these people, they've tried those better options, yeah, and they feel that those options have failed them for whatever reason, yeah. And um, you know, it's not me for me to judge them and say, "Oh, well, you didn't try hard enough." You know, that is not my place. Um, and many of them feel that they have, many of them have, you know, issues with hormones that they're addressing as well. It's, you know, this is not just us saying, "Oh, you need this." You know, it's listening to their doctors and their healthcare professionals as well and coming to a um, a conclusion that is the best for
1: that patient. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that you want to share with audience that maybe, you know, because they should go look at your TikToks or go look at those videos. It's tough because you had to kind of block people to your TikTok. So they can't actually go look at it without having you approve them, which you have probably millions of approvals yeah, to hit. Yeah, so... But all they're going to find is the negative stuff. It's going to be nasty. So
0: I did have to put my TikTok on private because I couldn't keep up with all the comments anymore. I did have a few really cool people message me saying they were going to lash out and they felt triggered for whatever reason. But something didn't set right with them, so they wanted to ask me some questions. Mm. So I had some great conversations with some people that were really concerned, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and once they got hold of the actual studies and we talked and they asked me questions. They felt a lot better about it. And they were like, you know, I may not completely agree. There might be some better options, but I understand what you're doing and I understand the intent behind it. And, um, I appreciate that. But yeah, so much came in so fast that I just, it got worse and worse and worse and worse and I couldn't keep up. So I, um, just had to put everything on private, um, so that, I have time to really address everything appropriately and not just react in a freak out sort of way. Right. Right. You know, I, I want everyone to know that, you know, I'm all about love. I'm all about helping people. And, um, I'm not sure exactly how to get that message out to the world just yet,
1: but I will find a way. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap this up?
0: Um, Just, I guess, if you want to learn more, you can contact us at Royalty Holistic Mud Spa, and um, if you're open to having conversations, I'm I'm very open to talking to anybody about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, like I said, when I went and watched this, I'm like, okay, my wife is a nutrition coach. She works with a lot of women who have disordered eating or come from disordered eating, Mm -hmm. and she and I talked about it at, at, at length and she has a medical background. And like I said, my best friend's daughter, baby daughter is on a feeding tube. So there was a lot of thought I put into before having you on a lot of thought. And Mm -hmm. the, the bottom line was I could hear your heart and I could hear what your intent was and I needed to hear the story. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage listeners to, you know, take that, in consideration because liposuction, all those things, the, the surgery, um, gastric bypass, all of those. I know many, many people have done that who are morbidly obese at this point. It do, It's not a fix, it's a band aid. Um, and I was thinking that this was another quick weight loss band aid that would turn into a problem, but it sounds like there's support kind of built in, you know, the, the follow up,
0: yeah. And you're not altering your body in a way that is going to negatively affect you in the long term.
1: Hang tight. Let me grab this call. I'll have that edited out. I hope I'm not going to be able to pause. Hang tight. Hello, this is Scott. Hello, this is Scott. Okay, so I was supposed to, I'm supposed to get, be getting a, a call that I have to take. So that wasn't it. Um, okay. So, shoot, uh, 49, 49 on second. 49 is there
0: minutes. anything you feel like I need to address?
1: Well, I'm trying, my struggle is like supporting you without sounding like, uh, you know, mm. I'm trying, like I'm not biased. It's really hard because yeah. I do, I can tell your heart. It doesn't, it's not.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't feel like you have to convince me.
0: And I don't like I don't know if people feel like I need to apologize for something. I just don't feel like I've done anything wrong. You
1: know, I don't I don't think it's healthy. to. I can't uh,
0: control if someone gets offended by something.
1: I can't control that.
0: Um, I choose to be happy. I think other people should also choose to be happy instead of be offended. I think that's a huge issue in our world right now. Yeah, it is getting offended by everything.
1: Well, here we go. So, hey, uh, editor, let's see. We're gonna we're gonna wrap, We're gonna start back up at minute fifty one on this section. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Um, well, I'm waiting for the timer to click over so that editing's a little easier.
0: I guess if I need to do another overview of how it works.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Hang tight here. So kind of a takeaway for me is, one, there's a lot of hurting people out there, and one of their coping mechanisms is hurting other people. So we know that. And I have to be honest, and this is going to sound brutal, and I apologize to those of you, but I didn't see any healthy people posting. I mean, looks-wise, and maybe I didn't get to, you know, I was a small sample, but these are obviously hurting people who may be struggling with their own health and and this is a way for them to lash out. The other pe- thing that I've, I've said and you can go back on old podcasts and I've, I've wrote this and put it on, on social media a lot is that uh, offense can't be given. It's only taken. You're not trying to offend anybody. People are, are feeling offended. They're choosing to take offense over this. And I don't know that there's a noble cause here um, there's no shortage of the medical supplies. It's safer than a lot of the medical procedures now. you've already said it's not for everyone. and so you know, just because it's unconventional doesn't mean it's bad. I guess that's my takeaway. Would I send someone soaring your way i don't I don't know i would I would want to have a conversation with you like what's your first conversation with them? Yeah. So that you know that's that that's kind of my sense. thoughts, yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's not for everyone. Um, definitely not for everyone.
1: Yeah. Is there anything else you think people need to know about this at all?
0: Um, I guess about the system itself. Like you can learn all about it at dreambodysystem.com. That's a great place to learn more and see the study summaries. And um, if you want the actual like summaries, they'll send them to you. I'm trying to get them to actually put the actual summaries on their website um, so that people can go download them who really like to read studies. Like, I'm one of those nerds that likes to read them. Um, But, right, they do have all of the summaries there. They have a lot of really good information about obesity and the facts. And you can see their whole board of directors and the founders and the owners um, in their About Me section. Um, But, you know, what I was really, really hoping for um, to happen with my tiktok channel was that it was going to become this sort of body positivity channel and i didn't get a chance to get to that because i was documenting this 10-day journey of mine Mm -hmm. and um so that kind of makes me sad but hopefully i can open it up again at some point and do that Um, one of my idols is um, on instagram and her handle is called the birds papaya a lot of these women are going to know exactly who i'm talking about she is all about body positivity. She shows her hanging skin from her babies and her cellulite. She shows it all. And she encourages women to love their bodies. And I want to do that. I want to do something like that. Um, because it's really encouraged me and I want to encourage women, you know, in that way too. And again, the dream body system, whether you like the name of it or not, it's not about getting skinny. It's not about that. It's about health. And um, curvy women are beautiful naturally skinny women are beautiful. Um, And what I personally don't like about the, this quote, curvy movement and this might sound bad is it's almost become, you know, no matter how much weight you have, you're, you're beautiful, no matter what, which you are, but there's a point at which it becomes unhealthy. It's incredibly unhealthy. You know, it's like, I want people to be healthy and happy and enjoy their lives and, Their friends and family not worry about them live long, happy, healthy lives full of happiness, (laughs) you know, um, enjoy, and um, that's what that's what I want. So, this promoting of these morbidly obese is beautiful, is not helping our industry, right? Um, yes, they are beautiful, but health is also beautiful, whether you're big or small, it's it's about health.
1: I think a lot of the danger there is people when you normalize. Obesity, it has mm-hmm. it absolutely can be a beautiful person. You probably are a beautiful person. Like, absolutely. But obesity is not healthy. It's 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 hard on your joints. It's hard on your heart. It's hard on your internal organs. You, you are reducing your lifespan. It is not healthy living. And we shouldn't be lifting it up on a pedestal as something to achieve to and being like, you're okay at that weight you are okay for because you are a human and you're beautifully because you are a human, but and there are you really people need to who, take care of yourself.
0: Exactly. And there are people who might look a little larger that actually are in a yeah. healthy category. And again, it's about health. And, um, and then there are people who are way too small and that's not healthy. So it's really about your personal health, yeah. your blood work, you and your doctor, you know, it's your health.
1: Thank you so much for sharing your heart, Rachel. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Hey, everybody, if you want to find out more, uh, you know, Rachel's up for the challenge. So details are in the show notes, and you can um, go check her out. She gave you all of the, the details. And uh, be careful when you go on those TikToks. It's, it's, a little, it's a little nasty. People are really vile. And, hey, my whole message is stay off TikTok no matter what because it is just a toxic toxic cesspool
0: i had no idea what so i was bad. walking into <laughs> yeah
1: it is not a good place and uh hey everybody make sure you go give us uh, a rating uh and uh, subscribe.